This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. There are signs that FERC chairman Richard Glick may be preparing to leave his position at the Energy Regulatory Agency. Glick recused himself from a major clean energy order this week, and former commissioners are telling Politico that Glick's recusal shows he's trying to avoid any conflict of interest with his future endeavors. Remember, Glick was renominated to FERC by President Joe Biden after his term expired in June, but he's not received a Senate hearing after opposition from Senator Joe Manchin, the chair of the Energy Committee. Under FERC rules, Glick can remain as chair until the new Congress is seated in January. So today I chat with Politico's Catherine Morehouse about why Glick's recusal may signal his exit. It's Friday, December 2nd. So, Kat, we reported that FERC chairman Richard Glick appears to be laying the groundwork to leave his position in the face of opposition from Senator Joe Manchin to confirm him for a second term. So what are the signs that he's potentially leaving? Yeah, so the latest sign is his recusal in a recent major clean energy case that essentially approves a plan from the largest regional power market in the U.S. to start working through clearing up its interconnection queue, which, as we've reported in the past, is clogged up with gigawatts of mostly new wind and solar resources. And this is notable because this order was unanimously passed and is very in line with policies that the chairman has voted on thus far. And Commissioner Allison Clements even credited him in a separate statement that she she wrote, basically saying that he championed many of the proposed solutions this order is trying to solve. So the fact that he is not participating in this order that is very in line with orders he's participated with in the past is kind of a clear sign of some sort of shift. Right. So he has recused himself in the past from certain orders, but this one does seem different from what commissioners told you. So why does this kind of seem a little bit abnormal? Sure. So it's most typical for commissioners to recuse themselves for kind of two main reasons. A lot of times early in their tenure, they will not participate on orders related to their former employer for a certain period of time, or it may be that their spouse's employer might have some sort of conflict of interest. And so Glick recused himself early on in a number of orders related to his former employer, Avangrid, But since then, and certainly since he's been chair, he hasn't recused himself on anything major. And that kind of brings us to the second reason a commissioner or chair may recuse themselves, and that's that they are job shopping. And as I said, this case is very closely aligned with Glick's efforts on reforming the interconnection and transmission process. And so if there was a conflict of interest with this market, with PJM, or with this kind of order, it seems like we'd know it by now. And so every former commissioner and staffer I've spoken to said there just aren't a lot of other plausible explanations here other than the fact that Glick is likely job shopping and there may be a future employer who is involved with this case. And it's a big case, so that could be a lot of possible companies. I do want to be clear here that this doesn't necessarily mean that he's completely thrown in the towel. If Manchin comes back and says, actually, I changed my mind, let's go for it, Based on Glick's public statements, I think he would still very much like to keep this job if he can. But the fact that he's pursuing parallel tracks indicates he's not getting positive signs from Manchin or his office. For sure. And just to remind people, why is Manchin refusing to hold a confirmation hearing for Glick in putting the FERC chair in this situation to begin with? 
Yeah, so they have a tumultuous relationship. And just for the quick overview version, Manchin was really angry with Glick early last year after Glick put forward a pipeline policy that would have had the commission be more aggressive on how gas infrastructure contributes to climate change and impacts low-income communities and communities of color. Manchin then later said that he felt like Glick was making better decisions. Glick was approving more gas infrastructure and that kind of thing. But then recently, Manchin reversed his previous reversal and basically said that he was not comfortable with holding a confirmation hearing for Glick. And what we've reported is that's likely related to some disparaging comments President Joe Biden made related to coal-fired power plants, which just made Manchin upset. So that's the overview. And Josh, is there any evidence that Manchin might change his mind here? And are there any other avenues to Glick being confirmed? Yeah, as you said, I mean, the signs aren't looking good that Manchin would change his mind. If you're someone who wants to see Glick confirmed, there has been an effort by some Democrats who are on the Senate Energy Committee with Manchin who want to see Glick confirmed to get him to change his mind. And from everything I've heard from senators, it's not going well. Of course, proponents of Glick have noted that Manchin did change his mind on their big climate bill, which ultimately became the Inflation Reduction Act that he named and and helped write. So there's precedent for that. And then as far as other avenues, though, so next week there is the, the Georgia Senate runoff with Raphael Warnock, the Democrat, and Herschel Walker. So if Democrats are able to get that extra seat, that would give them a real majority, 51-49 next year. So potentially Biden could renominate Glick next year and it would be a a whole lot easier to get him through committee and prove him. But Manchin would still chair the Energy Committee. So if he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't want to do it. And I mean, Glick doesn't seem like he wants to kind of go through that again. So, So those are the avenues there. Right. That makes sense. And you also spoke to Democrats who are really starting to sound the alarm about Glick's potential exit and how it would hamper Biden's clean energy ambitions. What have you been hearing and what are they saying? Yeah, so Democrat Tina Smith, a big proponent of seeing FERC act on transmission and really accelerating the build out of transmission, told me that she's disappointed that this is the situation that we're in. And she called out Manchin specifically and said, look, this is your position. You're hindering kind of your own goals with the Inflation Reduction Act, because if we don't update these grid rules, we can't really enable the rollout of this new wave of renewable resources that would be spurred by incentives in the Inflation Reduction Act. There's a high level of concern, and not only that, but with permitting reform, that's the big mansion priority that you know, not looking great that it's going to happen in a lame duck. And Democrats want to see FERC have even more power over transmission is part of that. So FERC stands to potentially, if that ever does pass or something like it, have even more importance over transmission besides the initiatives they're working on already. So, yeah, high level of concern for Democrats. Also, a New Jersey town will receive $10 million to acquire and demolish flood-battered homes as part of a new federal program from FEMA designed to more quickly match disaster survivors with financial assistance. The Federal Emergency Management Agency grant will help buy out 31 homes, 28 of which were substantially damaged last year by Hurricane Ida. The award is the first for FEMA's Swift Current Initiative and is part of an effort by the Biden administration to help individuals and communities at risk due to climate change move out of harm's way, using funding from the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law and the Inflation Reduction Act. However, as reported by Politico Zach Coleman, many of the taxpayer-backed programs that aim to help people move from climate-vulnerable areas are riddled with inconsistencies and bureaucracy, often impeding intended outcomes. 
For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Nirmal Malaikal is the podcast producer. Afra Abdullah contributed to this week's shows. Raghu Manavalan edited the show this week. Jenny Amitz is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back on Monday. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com slash RNG.